0: College Football Playoffs National Championship edition of What's the Spread. I am Miles on Sports, Mr. Brad Thomas. What a day. What a New Year's Day. College Football Playoff. I know that it didn't end the way that you wanted to, but man, let's get into it, man. Alabama, Michigan on the Rose Bowl, the grandest stage of college football, and it it delivered.
1: It was Epic. Every part of it was epic. Um, From the start of the game, Alabama getting that interception that was called back. And it was funny because, like, I never, like, complain or talk about the refs. And so I wondered if I was going to be, like, skeptical of the refs after finding out that the head ref was a Michigan fan. And so, like, when that interception happened and they called it back, I go, of course, this freaking ref from from Michigan, from Grand Rapids, who's a Michigan fan. Uh, But, no, the ref ring was fair. Um, I was actually pretty, like, pretty proud of this Alabama team. You know, when you get in a position like that, you get a second chance to make it to the national championship and you're so close, you're naturally going to be heartbroken. Like, you're naturally going to feel like your stomach's been ripped out. I I didn't even want to wake up in the morning the next day. I think I slept in until, like, 2 p.m. because I was so devastated and watched the game after that, too, which was really tiring. But um, the fact that, like, I I don't know if you remember this correctly, I didn't even have Alabama twin the West. Uh, At the beginning of the season, I was so down on Alabama, not because I doubted Nick Saban, which I feel like an idiot for doing, but the transition of quarterbacks going from a proven commodity like Bryce Young, even in high school, was a proven commodity to two guys. Sure, one's a five star, one's a four star, but they weren't proven commodities. And it always felt like since. The, since the year we won with Jay Coker, so the year, that was probably the, the last time we were in this situation where we didn't have a proven commodity at quarterback. Like someone that we knew about who was going to go in and we knew what they were about. Offensive line, really young, uh, struggled a lot throughout the season. The fact that they made it to the national championship, I mean the the college football playoffs, even after losing to Texas, going undefeated in the SEC, knocking off the back-to-back champions. I was like, holy smokes. Like, I I think it, it's it's a, a different feeling than we felt as Alabama fans year in and year out. We don't make the playoffs or um, we don't make the national championship or we lose the national championship. It's like this bitter feeling. And like you see it all over social media, Alabama fans are all pissed. But like, I think everyone breathed a sigh of relief and like they pat themselves on the back because even in the transition years, it felt like Nick Saban proved why he's going to go down as one of the best coaches ever. Like miles, I'm telling you, like I picked LSU to win, to beat us. And little did I know that I was going to lose my LSU future because of that. Um, I thought that Tennessee game was, was definitely a trap spot and picked Georgia to win the sec over LSU ultimately. And Nick Saban made me eat my words. Uh, That first game was good. So uh, it delivered. Um, I don't have any problem with, with the play call Uh, QB sneak four yards to go. I have no problem with it. It wasn't blocked correctly. Do have problems with the snaps, but that like, that's just like, that's like a, a thing you can't get upset about when you, <clears throat> your offensive line has had issues all season, a young offensive line, and you had no one to take over. So it's something that, you know, you just have to live with and hope that you can be better than, but Michigan, Holy smokes. Escape might be the word. Uh, I thought they escaped the game, but they looked like, they looked a part of the number one team in the nation. Yeah, they definitely looked legit, and everyone wants to talk
0: about that final play call at the end of the game, but I continue to remind people that Alabama had Michigan on the ropes with four minutes to go, so they never should have even been in overtime. Now, that's not taking anything away from J.J. McCarthy in that incredible drive, because it really was was. an improbable drive in the most clutch moment of all of their careers, Uh, and it was really impressive to get him to overtime, and then, of course, they get the quorum touchdown in two plays. Um, so just a devastating way for that game to end, but you know, as as um, you know, fans of neither team, uh, it really was an incredible game. And I want to go back uh, to to Alabama for a second and go back to that Alabama Texas game at the beginning of the year because this was one of the first points that I wanted to make: is that you go back to that Alabama Texas game and you try and tell either of those teams that that game didn't matter. Yes. And my point is is that going into next year and I want to talk about expansion a little bit a little bit later, but going in next year when this becomes a 12-team playoff. There's been a lot of arguments that those regular season games, especially non-conference games that you schedule, aren't going to matter anymore because of this and this and this and that. And it's just not the case, Brett. If if anything, I I think that that those games are even more important because Alabama and Texas, by the way, both teams learned what kind of team they were in that game. And because they both have elite coaches – they were both able to identify what they needed to improve. It led Bama to bench Milro going into yeah. the USF game. It led into the disastrous USF game and it led them to, you know, so it, it, it all came together and then both teams make the playoff. Now both teams lose in the first round of the playoff, go figure. But that game to me was such an impactful game of the college football season. And it was, yeah. it was non-conference this year and it was important. Um, so, you know, for, for everybody who says that those games aren't going to matter in the future, I think they're going to matter more. I think a lot of these big matchups in season are going to matter more. But it won't take away from the fact that teams are different by the end of the year. Yes. Right? And we've seen that in the NFL. We see it in MLB. We see it in other sports. It's okay that teams are different by the end of the year. And this was also a year where you had eight legitimate teams that could have won a national uh, – healthy. Eight legitimate teams that could have won a national championship. So it would have made for an incredible 12-team playoff. Now it won't always end up that way. But it, it you know, for me, I was back and forth on expansion for a long time, Brad, but I've never been more excited for it. Yeah. And, and to think that as college football fans, we get to go into December now and I always hit depression after call after conference championship weekend. I mean, it really is. But now there's no such thing as that because there's college football all throughout December now. Yes. I mean, what more could we want? So I know I'm going on a little bit of a tangent there. Um, I want to come back to Michigan. As you said, definitely looks the part. What was so impressive to me about Bama, though, is that Michigan seemed to have dominated them uh, physically yeah. and emotionally in that first half. And Bama made the right adjustments. It seemed like Michigan didn't make any. Somehow Michigan was was at the end only down seven. Uh, they found a way to tie the game. But when you talk about the Rose Bowl and just the, the history and the setting, I mean, it was perfect. It, 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 it may have been, I'm not going to say it was the best college football playoff game, but I think it was my most favorite college football playoff game to watch yes. up to this point on my television. It was absolutely epic. I felt like it was another world for, for three and a half, four hours. And people complain about the commercials.
1: It's I didn't fine. care.
0: You need I to catch your grab breath. I just grabbed another high noon. I just grabbed another Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to catch your breath because yeah. the game was that epic. Every play, every down. And we'll get into the next game, but that game was special, man. It was. It, it was so special. And the more, it, it, the fact that we get more of those games in a 12-team playoff, I'm all for it.
1: What I want to say is I know uh, Jalen Melrose has been getting a lot of grief, right? But you have to take this kid who was fighting for his life at, at – as being the head, the, the number one quarterback at Alabama just did this media circus. Now they're making him go in the middle of the Rose Bowl field before the game is even it's before he it was even game day, having to talk about what he wants to happen. now it, it comes down to game time. He's got a call protection, something that a first year starter is just not good at. Um, he has to, he has to see disguise coverages, something that a first year starter is just not good at. I thought he he played lights out. Yes, there are mental errors, which expected as a first year starter, especially a first year starter without one hundred percent confidence against a Michigan team who's legitimate. uh Michigan only allowed quarterbacks to throw for one hundred and fifty yards so far this season uh, per game and he threw one hundred and sixteen and that's not even his forte. um so I, I do I do hope that uh you know the armchair coaches uh, kind of give that kid a little bit of a break um because I mean, I thought he did everything he needed to do. Um, and one more thing on Michigan, they can't play, uh, like they played sloppy against Washington. Um, that, that can't happen. Yeah. Washington will make you pay. Uh,
0: and all four quarterbacks, uh, on the day, all played great. McCarthy played great. Uh, Milrow, I thought did play great. I thought he made some really great second half adjustments. Yep. Um, they started using his legs more, which I was just blowing up your phone in the first half. Why are they not running the read? It yeah. was driving me crazy. Um, Well, let's go into Texas and Washington, which was the nightcap. And it almost felt like an afterthought after such an epic Rose Bowl. But, I mean, this was another one that came down to the wire. And it was Michael Penix Jr. and those Washington receivers, that Washington offensive line. Um, And it was Texas and Quinn Ewers doing their thing as well. I mean, it was another game with two great teams. But Washington looked the part. Michael Penix Jr. looks like the best quarterback in this playoff. And he looks like the best quarterback in college football. Your thoughts on that game?
1: Yeah, um, <clears throat> I was super hammered during that game, right? And it was so I think funny. All were- I, I think 28 points had sco- had been scored, and I could not tell you who was winning the game, who scored the points. Miles, I had to go and open my app, the score, to, to like, read the scoring drives. Because I just was, like, drinking on the couch, like just watching the game, and I was like, whoa. Um, you know – I think what you said, you know, both the games, uh, this one included, were good for college football and the college football playoffs and expansion. I really think these games were good for the transfer portal. And specifically, players not leaving too early to go to the NFL draft. Before NIL and the transfer portal was the way it was, we had a ton of players go to the NFL draft, go undrafted, and now they're scratching trying to become a practice squad player now they can stay in college they could transfer collect an il pay if they had needed the money they could pay for it and get better guys like Jaden daniels guys like michael Penix jr guys like quentin ewers not saying he wasn't good already but he even transferred i was just throwing him as a younger transfer guy who didn't play for for 500 teams i think it makes for better college football and the last thing i want to say about what these four games represent is health is wealth man Washington the healthiest team they suffered their first major injury during the game and of the season and were able to adapt yes I know um McMillan got hurt but when you have four stud wide receivers it's okay when one gets hurt you know um but when Dylan Johnson went down you know they were able to adapt and having such a great offensive line I'm really excited to see that offensive line against Texas didn't allow one sack and I'm excited to see them versus Michigan's defensive fronts. Um, Everything that Washington has done so far this season, it just makes you – it goes to show there's so many talented coaches and, and offensive minds out there in college ball that just need the right spot and need the right weapons. Kalen DeBoer put on a, a masterclass. Michael Penix put on a masterclass. 419 passing yards. Roma Dunze, a master class. They get a 143 or 53. Like, And this is no knock on Texas. Texas did their thing as well miles we we were given the best uh, for, for monday we're given the best two teams in college football and there's no doubt about it yeah and they were all season uh the, the two undefeated teams and going back
0: to your point too i uh about the transfer portal i don't think it's a, a coincidence that you know two years after this new uh, era of college football we get the best college football playoff probably ever yep. in the four best teams that we've seen in the playoff it's just making every team better it's making the sport more competitive there's nothing wrong with that Um, you know, going, going back to what I said, we legitimately had eight teams that could have won the national title this year and it just hasn't been that way in college football. So the more fan bases and the more programs and the more coaches and the more people we can bring into the spotlight for the sport is better. It's better for the sport. Um, and it makes that championship even that much sweeter. And here we are, we've got Washington, Michigan. Uh, it's a big 10 versus big 10 national championship. Not yet. I know, I know, but hey. You can, uh, have,
1: you can claim it. I, I'm not the type of person who gets pissed off. I see people on the internet, they're like, come on, they're Pac-12. I don't care. I don't care. Big Ten versus Big Ten. This is huge for the Big Tens future because regardless of who wins, the Big Ten will have the defending champion next year.
0: Yeah, and, we, and we've got uh, about a four-point spread here. Michigan minus four, Washington un- underdogs again, no surprise there. What stands out to you
1: immediately for this matchup? Uh, the biggest issue I see for Washington is going to be how bad they are against the run. Uh, Washington 125th uh, defensive success rate against the run, where if we want to be serious, uh, Michigan loves to run the ball. While their their running success wasn't as good as it was last year, I think last year they finished in the top 10 in offensive success rate. This year they are going to finish in the top 30th, maybe 40th. Um, but I do expect a big game on, on the ground for Blake Corum. Uh, what also stands out is, Four and a half points seems like a lot. Um, Michael Penix Jr., every single time, but he's been a dog five times uh, with Washington, has won all five of those games. He's not a guy that you want to give points. That's I think Kellen DeBoer's team is just that good, um, unless it's going to be one of those classics. I think the people who uh, bet the Alabama game, right, Michigan versus Alabama, the Rose Bowl, they were gypped a, a field goal. If there was um, – I mean, if they missed that, didn't miss the extra point, than people who bet Alabama were going to cover. You know, and if uh, barring an overtime game, I think four points is gracious. Um, I am not betting the game uh, on a side because I have Michigan from preseason as a future. And Washington hasn't done enough defensively, 99th in the country, defensive success rate for me to change my tune. I, d- I do like what they're putting out there, but I-, I do like props in this game, though, Miles. Like, I like Blake Corum over 106 uh, rushing yards. Uh, 106.5. He's only hit this once so far this season. So it's also an, an inflated line, but this is a, this is a, um, a Washington team, like I said, who struggles against the run very, very mightily. Um, and, and, you know, underrated um, how much they've improved uh, year one, year two in their past defense. Uh, last year, I think they were like 114th. Uh, this year, they're 69th. I know 69th is not national championship caliber and something you want to talk about, but that's a massive improvement with a team who last year, really had to be the they were number one in epa margin on offense last season they had to because they had to kind of cover up their defense but this year they don't have to do so as much um i also like roma dunes over 89 and a half receiving yards i mean it's five straight five straight over 100 um it, people you know I, I talked about this earlier in the podcast where uh michigan only allows 150 passing yards per game but <clears throat> washington takes their shots the reason michigan is so good against the past yes they have a really talented secondary I said this on another show where Washington's secondary individually might not be the best in the country right like if you take each player man for man versus every each player in the country might not be the best right but collectively I think they're the best secondary in the country and why that is is because their defensive line gets pressure where where Washington really excels and I think this is really good to note Michael Penix is really good at calling protections but he also is able to recognize pocket protection and De- DeBoer does really good when he's getting pressure of changing the play calls making roma dunze and Jalen mcmillan Jaden polk making those guys extensions of the run game making the pass rush not be as as strong or as present um so miles i think washington covers the spread here um i, I think we see a three-point game either way um but i'm just gonna i'm gonna be hanging on to my michigan future uh, I, I have no reason to doubt it, not doubt it, doubt it with I, I didn't, didn't do good in futures this year. Um, I, I did a couple good uh, win totals were nice, but I, I, I whiffed on almost every single conference champion. So this would be nice to, to have in the win column. Yeah, I think this is setting up to be a classic
0: game. I also think four is too much, four and a half, wherever it ends up. I ended up taking Washington at plus four. Uh, that's what I'm riding with here. Uh, I think Washington wins the game. I really do. Uh, I think the biggest matchup, and uh, you mentioned it earlier, is that uh, Michigan front seven against that Washington offensive line. Because at the end of the day, if Washington is able to give Penix time, like they were against Texas, and they're able to avoid what plagued Alabama in that first half, where Milrow couldn't even get his reads off, they're able to get Penix time, which I think they will. Uh, there's there's just no reason to believe that Penix won't have a big game here. And I think Quorum has a big game too. So to your point, and Washington has proven that they can go blow to blow. And I think both teams are going to really force each other to try and play their style. And I think both are going to fail. I really do think that that we are going to see uh, both sides. I, I think at times we're going to see a grinded out clock uh, time of possession game from Michigan, um, and then at times I think we're going to see Washington try to push the pace. I think we're gonna yeah. we're gonna see some of those bombs from Penix. I'm not worried about the Michigan secondary at all because when you have a talent like Michael Penix Jr. and the way he's playing right now, you've got to remember when guys are playing like this in the college football playoff. There's no stopping them. Yeah. There's just no stopping them. Name a, a, a time, and I can't off the top of my head, where uh, a Chuby balled out in the first game and they just co- had a complete dud in the second game. It they just haven't. doesn't happen. Maybe they're average in both games, but if they ball out in that first game, they're going to come in just as hot in that second game because they're playing that well. Yeah. And I don't think that as good as Michigan's defense has been and as good as they were against Alabama, this is a completely different animal that we're talking oh, about yeah. here. A lot of people have been making comparisons, you know, to the 2019 LSU team. And I don't think that, that the comparisons are fair because I still think they're, that they're very different. But very similarly, elite quarterback, great offensive line, and elite receivers. Yes. And it's working, right? So, you know, those those are the comparisons that, that I do see from that team where they were just completely unstoppable. And Washington has that. Obviously not to that level. But um, they've got plenty of firepower here. they got plenty of coaching here. Uh, to To believe in themselves and to to cover the spread, and I think they win the game. I can easily see Michigan winning, but I just don't believe. My dad and I have this rule, Brett. In uh, we're we're big film buffs, and we have this rule about watching films with villains. The Town is a great example. Ben Affleck, The Town. There's an alternate ending where he gets shot and he gets killed, and it, you know if you haven't seen the movie, he does all this bad stuff, and we say we like that ending better because the villain can't get away with it. That's how I feel about this Michigan team right now. The Villages can't get away with what they've been doing. There's just no way. And if they do, my life is going to be absolute hell for the next 10 years because Michigan fans will never stop talking about this. Never. So, yes, maybe I am a little bit biased there, but that does not change the fact that I am confident in this Washington team. They've got nothing to lose at this point. I feel like, Brad, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Michigan has way more pressure than the Washington
1: team has on them right now. Way more pressure. Michigan has to have – and what's funny is – I was listening to um, to Parker Fleming, um, a BetUS guy, Stats of War on Twitter, and he said there's more pathways to victory for Michigan than there are for Washington. I actually think it's different. I think Washington has pathways to victory. They have offensive, offensive excellence or they stop J.J. McCarthy. I, I think that Washington – I mean, Michigan has to play excellent defensively as their pathway to victory. I think they have to shut down Michael Pinnock's absolutely shut him down, especially with Dylan Johnson being hobbled um, after last game. I I just think it's kind of off-putting and I don't really care, like dislike either team, but I do think it's kind of off-putting that your star quarterback, amidst uh, allegations of you cheating, literally admits to cheating in an interview and says, everyone does it. Yeah, we cheated. Everyone does just, you have to be the leader there and not say anything. That kind of was off-putting. Where like, if I didn't have a future on them, I wouldn't be rooting for them. Um, so, completely off-putting. You know, it's like the Houston
0: Astros scandal. They were saying the same thing. It's it's they're they're being they're trying to victimize themselves. Yes. When the fact of the matter is is that no, not everybody does it the way that they did. You know, it's just – and this is a conversation for another day. But, listen, even as, a, as an Ohio State grad, as an Ohio State fan, Brad, I'm not taking anything away from Michigan if they win it. I'm just not. Yeah. I mean, fine. If you go out and you win it, you won it. Congratulations. Um, but, man, the college football world is rooting for you, Washington. I think <laughs> Penix goes out with a bang here, Brad. I think he has a big game. I think they're going to be hard to stop. Um, Texas has a great defense, Brad. Yeah. I, I mean, they, they have a great defense, and Washington had no problem. Yeah, airing it out. You you saw those Dons from Penix. McCarthy can't do that. McCarthy is a very systemized quarterback where he needs his specific reads and he needs. You you saw how many misfires he had in that game. Yes, he had the one good drive at the end, but Michigan had like thirty total yards in the second half before that drive. People yeah. forget that Alabama, you know, found a way to shut them down. You can't shut down this Penix offense right now. I really believe that. So definitely comfortable with the plus four and go Huskies. <laughs>
1: I, um, I'm going to say this because every year we get to this point, win or lose for Alabama, and I always blame a coordinator. I always have some gripe with one of the coordinators. I genuinely believe in two to three years, Tommy Reese will be a top five coordinator or offensive mind in college football or head coach or head coach. Um, I, the, what he did, not for Alabama, but uh schematically being able to adapt. Um he, he made a statement saying that for too much in the beginning of the season, they were trying to make their quarterback fit the system as opposed to make the system fit the quarterback. And when they changed that, everything changed. There's not a lot of guys who are humble enough to do that. Um, I guess it helps that he's young, helps that he has a lot of pressure. Um so i I'm, I'm gonna say congratulations to him congratulations to kevin Steele. um i'm not talking shit about an alabama coordinator this year um i'm going out with my head held high because i'm ready for next year i'm itching to watch my tide play
0: next year is gonna be the uh i think the most exciting uh season in college football history yeah i can't
1: i can't wait for it yeah everyone's gonna want to ha- be a number one seed too and so we it's gonna be just just as tough miles but listen either way um Let's win some money on Monday. I'm going to be at the sports book drunk, or at least trying to get drunk. Uh, I'll be texting you, man. Uh, everyone watching this podcast on YouTube, formation, you smash the like button. Ring the bell notify you when we go live. And if you're listening in podcast form, rate and subscribe. Best of luck, and that's what's a goal of college football season. We will be back this offseason.